0: So before we get started, we just want to say how excited we are that Red Light Rising are sponsoring the School of Calisthenics podcast. These guys have got some awesome tech which comes with a whole host of health and performance benefits that is backed up by some really solid science.
1: Myself and Tim have always been interested in ways that we can improve our health and our wellness, and we've been enjoying using the Red Light therapy that James and Brian have developed at Red Light Rising to help improve our recovery and performance. They're also releasing a series of articles on their blog to help improve your immunity during this difficult time, looking at things to improve circadian rhythm, fasting protocols, cold water therapy, heat therapy, as well as obviously the red light therapy itself.
0: So these guys are giving out some amazing information, which is really useful during this time. And if you're interested in finding out more about red light therapy, head over to the website, check out the blogs. And because they're nice, generous guys, they've also given a 5% offer to School of Calisthenics podcast listeners of any of their red light therapy products so if you want to check those out and you want to bag yourself a little bit of a bargain just use code soc5 at checkout and enjoy five percent off better health and immunity just go to redlightrising.co.uk to find out more information or to see what the guys have got going on, on social just search red light rising on your favorite channel
1: on to the podcast
0: Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. So when Jacko told me that we're going to get a mind coach on the podcast, I had visions of somebody coming on bending spoons, that kind of thing. You know, Yuri Geller from back in the day, but it wasn't. It was a great conversation with a gentleman called Vinny Shoreham, who's a massive fan of the School of Calisthenics, engaged in his own calisthenics training journey, and he comes on to drop some knowledge around how we can improve our mindset around training.
1: Yeah his his no nonsense approach really struck a chord um well with both of us particularly with you Tim I think I think you you totally got on board with his uh, no nonsense approach of uh, the phrase that's ringing in my ears right now is give yourself no choice um that will all make sense as you listen to the rest of the podcast
0: Yeah I think from my perspective of just being involved around people and sport and athletes and all everything that goes with it it's just sometimes you just need something to cut through we can sometimes Well, you'll hear what how Vinny kind of presents it, but I hope I don't come across as like careless. It's not like that. I just ah no, not at all. Space for us to have a little bit of a. Sometimes just need a little bit of like honesty, and sometimes that's what we need. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are the same as you go. You think that mindset could potentially be a little bit, a little bit fluffy and a little bit like nice around the edges, whereas Vinny sort of cuts through to the truth and gets the gets the best out of people and so um yeah you've got the opportunity to to hopefully get the best out of yourself as you listen to the rest of the podcast
0: and before we get started, guys, we've got to say a big thank you to the guys at Red Light Rising for sponsoring the School of Calisthenics podcast. Jack and I are both loving using our red lights and particularly around bedtime for me. Jacko, you've also mentioned around recovery, which I'm also feeling, but I really enjoy sitting in front of my big bright red light, reading a book before I go to sleep. And I think it's having a really nice little beneficial impact on my quality of sleep as well, which is something that I will always um, hold on to from a, just a general wellness perspective.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and, and yeah, uh, I'm feeling the same as well. Um, morning and night, part of part of the routine, and uh, yeah, no, feeling the benefits and enjoying it. And if you want to join us um, and get yourself some red light rising products to get the benefits of red light therapy, then they the kind guys, as part of their sponsoring of the podcast, is to do a discount for the School of Calisthenics Podcast Listeners, which is five percent off any of their products on their website. So you need to use code SOC5, that's SOC5, uh, and the website is redlightrising.co.uk all the details of that and the link to click straight through are in the show notes so make sure that you check that out if you are interested
0: i'd definitely go and give you a little bit of time guys if it's something you want to find out a bit more about or just understand why jack and i are going on about it there's some really interesting science to back it up and there's um, a number of different users and benefits of it so go and read some of the research and uh, and see if you if it's something which you would feel like you would like to try but for now, there's nothing else to say apart from to sit back, and relax, and enjoy Vinny Shawman on the School of Calisthenics podcast.
1: Roll the jingle. So we have Vinny Shawman on the podcast this week, and we're excited to talk about mindset. Uh, Vinny is a, a mind coach. So welcome to the podcast, Vinny.
2: Thanks very, very much for having me, fellas. have been, a, as I said to you before in the uh, our correspondence, been a fan of you for a long time. So, yeah, I'm very, um, very, um, honoured.
1: Yeah, as I, I said to Tim, yeah, no, Vinny's actually like he, he follows all of our stuff, on he loves he, he, he loves the. I was like, oh, great! So, like it was just, it was a nice, uh, it was a nice reply when we were setting this up. Uh,
2: like just for people. Oh, sorry. It's only the truth, mate.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. Much love to you. But, uh, for people listening uh, that haven't come across um, either Vinny Shawman or understand or don't quite understand, know what a when we say you are a mind coach, what does what it what does what does being a mind coach mean entail? Um, and, and and who is who is Vinny uh, I've been a mind coach for uh,
2: since two thousand and seven. The only way I know is December 2007. If you hear coughing in the background, it's my uh Spaniel's got a cough. Hi. Sorry, it's not me. <laughs> um, I've been in yeah, mind coach since 2007. And I'll tell you why I know that specific day is because Ricky Hatton fought Floyd Mayweather and um, he lost. So um, I remember it from then. And that's I've been in mind coach since then. And mine coach is... Uh, I qualified in neurolinguistic programming, in hypnosis, uh, in various other tips of uh, things from psychology, et cetera. And i just seen gaps in where people's performances weren't as fantastic as their talent. You know, if they had their mindset right, the talent could be uh, improved. And then it worked from there, working in sports in combat sports to everyday life and everyday people. So um, it's a very rewarding job and I'm uh, very, very blessed and I love it to bits.
0: Does the role of any um, vary much? But I do. Both Jack and I have, have worked with um, within performance sport as strength and conditioning coaches, and obviously part of that team are always going to have a, a sports psychologist. Is yep. there is there any sort of significant difference between what you do and what a sports psychologist would do? I guess there's obviously going to be some overlap, but are there, what are the key sort of things that that kind of differentiate you, perhaps? If they do,
2: I don't work with just. Uh people that want to do sports so I think it's more across the board with mine psychology is a lot of it is uh fantastic some of it works some of it I really don't buy into or like but you know everyone's different psychology is more of a theory based and mine's more of a a hands-on so to speak and discussing more with the client listening to the language patterns and how they put things together unconsciously
0: and you mentioned in the introduction there just around uh, neuro linguistic programming. That's something that, as a coach, I've always been quite interested in. But if I'm honest, yeah. not something I've had um, enough sort of time, or I'm making excuses now out loud, but reason or opportunity, I should say, to, to do to do more kind of formal learning in that area. Just explain a little bit around what that is, because I think it's from what I understand, it holds such power for how we can better communicate with each other, um, and also obviously on a professional basis in, in people's work environments.
2: Yeah, I mean, more so communicating with yourself and communicating with the language of the unconscious and being able to under, understand or decipher what's actually going on in your head. So it's less jumbled and, and as a clear, uh, you know, get clear messages from your unconscious to for right or wrong and find out what's going on. And then when you talk to clients, you get linguistics, uh, clues. You know, People can be talking, uh, acting one way, yet saying a completely different thing. So... Yeah, neuro linguistic is uh, neuro, which is brain. Linguistic is language, and programming is just reprogramming the mindset and reframing what they think and how they act, etc. Through language, I love language. I think it gives gives so much away, but people tend to not listen because they'd rather be interested interesting instead of interested, which is a, a lot of uh, a lot of people are more into talking about themselves, which is okay. It's fine. Do especially my job. But um, not really communicating what's actually really going on.
1: Is it the type of thing then where uh, we're of the ble- like we all have we all already ourselves have all the answers inside? You're just going to help us bring them to the surface, type of thing?
2: Yeah, or- yeah, yeah. I mean, well, some people don't have the answers, but you, you, you know, as your job as a as a coach, sorry, as my job as a coach is at least push them in the right direction mm. and get them. It's like what we were talking about earlier is like muscle-ups, you know, if you can do, I, because I'm an avid fan, I keep saying that, don't I? Um, <laughs> you know, and the way that you have to do, a, a, you have to be able to do the false hang, then you have to do, false grip, I should say, then you have to do the pull-up, and then you have to do the, the, the transition, and the, and the, you know, the transition from the, the dip position. It's just putting that together, really, for the client. So it's just putting little, um, sort of, sort of gluing things together, really, of their jigsaw, but what they put the frame is normally it's a bit messed up. But we put the things in the right places, and then they see the bigger picture, and then it becomes a, a reality and a result for them. You know.
1: Yeah, there was um, there was a phrase on your website that was sort of explaining um, if someone was to work with you, what they you know what they could ex- what they could expect. And there was a there's a certain phrase a, 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 that sort of struck me quite strongly around um, helping people achieve complete contentment, yeah. which. I thought, I thought that's a, that's a big, a big statement like complete contentment as opposed to, you know, a, a little a little bit more content. Like, um, how is that? How is that sort of? How is that possible? And where does? Where would one start when trying to get closer towards complete contentment?
2: It's about, it's, it's about starting with yourself, and it's about looking at your. Shortcomings and your and your strengths as well. But anyone that comes to me anyway is always in a state of, um, well, anxiety or upset or something like that. You know, so they're always coming in in a certain state, and it's about changing their state and getting them to start. It's never you're never a finished product. I mean, you guys know that there's there's more for you to do, and that you know you're experts in what you do, but there's always more to learn and more places to go unconsciously in the mind. So it's to, to get a complete contentment is being content with allowing yourself to be, and it takes some bravery as well to face certain things and to be able to push yourself forwards in that, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I can imagine the the bravery side of that is quite for, for a lot of time, a lot of the time we sort of, um, without this turning into a counseling session, but we just bury stuff down, don't we, that we don't want to really, uh, confront. And I guess,
2: yeah, because I guess, what happens yeah. with the unconscious is it, we we bury things for uh, protection.
1: Yeah.
2: Unresolved negative emotion for protection. So you'll see people, you know, you know, doing. You must have seen people yourselves doing any type of sport, and then all of a sudden they just have a massive meltdown. You're like, wow, what happened there? You were doing so well. It's just they, they, they keep, you know, scratching away at a surface of something that's buried, and. Uh, and But the, the, when you, when of course when you've seen people get through that and the sticking points you've seen in your game, and they get through it, it's a massive, um, massive sense of achievement for you and for the client, and it's a win-win situation then, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and presumably that then becomes a, a almost like a bedrock and a fallback too that they've once you have worked through something like that, you're less scared of that thing happening again, and you know you've got coping mechanisms in place that when you start to see it it going that way, that you're able to control it more i guess so you're opening up your, your toolbox of things that mentally you're able to then deal with So, sort of speaking on that you, you'd um there was a number of things i'd seen on your social media around managing mindset um particularly during this period of of lockdown where you know you mentioned anxiety already that people might yeah. come with you with have you you know obviously there'll be a lot of people that would that would will be, be listening now that will have all sorts of things going on based on um Based on the current climate, is have you got any sort of I don't know if top tips is the right sort of word, but just encouragement or things, that, any practical things that people can start from from a mindset perspective to, to help deal with some of those difficulties?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, there was a say, there's a saying, is that you know we're all in the same boat. That's not true. We're all in the same storm. We're not the same boat. Some people mm. are better off than others. I mean, some people are just be all right. I've been filled out by work. Not a problem, they've got money to, in the bank to, to sit back, and if you want to sit back for the rest of their lives, they can. Some people are very privileged like that, some people aren't, obviously, and, and in difficult times, difficult situations. The thing is, is that the main thing to do in this climate, climate, I should say, is have a routine. It, it paramount you have a routine.
0: Mm. So, you
2: know, get up at a certain time, uh, don't give yourself, i oh, stay in bed an extra hour, or oh, look, uh, get, you know, uh, Pierce Morgan's screaming at some politician or whatever, and then you, then you end up saying, oh, hang on a minute, oh, loose women's on. And by the time you time you get yourself out of bed, it's like half one. People can do that very, very easily because it's the easy option. The unconscious mind likes the path of least resistance, so the easiest way doesn't mean to say it's the right way, but there is easy ways. But I think at the moment, what people have got to remember is, in our DNA, we, and all of us, including everyone that's listening, our ancestors were fighters were warriors were survivors you know so we've got that dna and now mm. we have to call upon that to test it to see what we have to do but yes we have to stay in yes it's difficult i understand that and my heart goes out to people that are in very and lost loved ones etc you know i've been very lucky like that but i mean we have got it within us to survive this and we've got to keep remembering that each day is closer to where we're going but i think routine is very very important and i think yes. also I've been I've been uh, studying a, uh, a theory of, of black box thinking. Where what black box thinking is is when a when a plane when audi- when um, aviation was around uh, the beginning when it first started to be around, there was many many crashes. Obviously because that was it defined probably more things than we are used to um, to travel anyway at least because it's the you know probably the most spectacular way of travelling because it's up in the air we haven't got wings et cetera. And there were many, 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 many crashes. So what they did was in aviation, they've always studied it really, really stringently and found out what actually went wrong, where there was problems, where there was, um, you know, mechanical problems, etc., human errors sometimes, but many, many problems. Until now, where traveling by air is the safest way of traveling. So we have to tweak ourselves all the way through. We've all made mistakes, we've all crashed, we've all um, failed at things, but it's about learning from your mistakes and tweaking them and just looking at it in a perspective with, like a black box, with a black box, as you know, when a plane crashes, God forbid it ever happens ever, but it's an orange box and that's where you get there, so they get it out and then they find all the information. So it's as if you're looking at your life from a perspective as if you was a pilot and you'd just crashed your own plane. So if you look mm. back on your own life, you say, right, what? What would happen? If I everything went wrong, what would I have done that would have made this happen? And what you'll find out is you actually do quite sabotage yourself. You, you feel like you, things can go wrong without your help. That's, that's just life. But if you can look at your life and go back and say, this is a continuous mistake that I keep making, or I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that, if you're your own judge and jury, then you're more likely to um, give yourself a kick up the proverbials and... To look back and tweak that so I think that's really important to look at your look at where what you're not doing instead of what you are you know yeah if, you know that's I think that's that's the main thing for me how it works is just looking back on yourself and thinking if it all went wrong what would I have done wrong and you already know so if you already know you know that you're not doing it right so you can change especially the, the, the element of procrastination
1: yeah I always love anything that um encourages the like embracing failure as not this thing that we have to be so worried about and going, it it can just be, I'm hit. What I'm hearing is that it can just be the tool. Like it's, it's something that we've all done. It's going to happen, but just use, don't be less afraid of it and actually use it to your advantage, look into it. And then, use it as the tool once you analyze to go how am i going to make sure that that doesn't not not only does that not happen again but how do i then make my my life and my decisions and my behaviors um better off off the back of it so you yeah, know yeah. we're all on board on that 100 percent.
2: yeah it's it's more about being it's more about actual real honesty hmm. it's all about you know in my, in my opinion it's all about really being honest with yourself and thinking what do i actually do wrong that i keep doing wrong that you know, it's like an extra slice of pie or an extra bottle of wine, you know. It's just, you do know. But we just go, we make up reasons. Reasons can become excuses. And, and then, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But it's about thinking right. And also another tip is to give yourself no option. When, you, when we've got options, we can, we can deviate from our path, from our plan. So you, you, you give yourself no option. So tell you, make you sure that you're very stern with yourself, not with everybody else, don't have to be, because you have to be stern with yourself and say, look, i ain't got no option. So treat, if you're training and know you guys, the content incredible and people are listening, they train and they do the things that you do with you, experts, but make that your, your job then. So if you're going to do that, say, part of your career, so the part of the School of Calisthenics, doing what they tell you and following your videos and doing the things that you should be doing, that's part of your job. So once it becomes part of your job, people don't shirk on the jobs really because career is very important to them. So make it as important as your career and then put them together. You're more likely to just automatically do it then instead of being a chore and being you know, dragging yourself to the gym.
0: Vinny, some of the stuff that you're saying really sort of strikes me and, and resonates. And I was just quite a simple question um, and I hope it's not stating the obvious. Um, we're talking on what you what you're saying is it revolves a lot around self awareness. Um, is this self awareness a habit? And if so, how can people practically um, get better at it?
2: Well, just following the processes of what like, again, what you two, you teach. You know, it's it's a, it's incremental steps. If you can't do, you know, if you can't do a pull up properly, you can't do. Then you get assistance by using a band, or you get assistance from obviously getting your great content you know so it's about giving yourself um tools and reading and finding out about there's so much information out there there's misinformation of course um which is true but i mean it's about having a having a real burning desire to change and to to, to want to do these things you know, you know they old saying isn't it? you can get the horse or what we can't make it you can't make it drink and it's just about putting yourself in that position. say, right, okay, it's a luxury. It's it's, most of the time, most of the time with anxiety, and it might upset some people, I'll be honest, it's a luxury problem because we've got choices to be anxious about it. You know, some things, you're anxious and, oh, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to go out with my hair like this or whatever. That's actually, actually a luxury problem when you actually look at it properly. It's a, it's a, it's a problem that really can't, but it's, it can be it can be solved it's just about your focus and it's about what you want for you and do you want to be answerable to everybody else do you want is it is it does it affect your life is it are you going to look back on it and regret it you know so uh i've gone off tangent there haven't I? but it's it's just about yeah it's just about being totally self-aware and getting to know you see people don't know themselves very well they want to know mm. everything about everybody else and looking on instagram looking at other <laughs> people's um, instagram fantastic lives it's interesting isn't it that um uh what's what did they say living my best life on instagram that's not occurring at the minute is it because everyone's stuck in yeah so you know we're all in the same storm so it's just about being self-aware and, and and going on the journey within yourself to find what you actually want and get the best out of yourself you know yeah
1: it's yeah it's, it, that last bit is an interesting point of like how much how much time do we spend Looking at our own lives and analysing that compared to looking at other people's lives and comparing it and analysing it of of where it stands to us that one is going to be one is going to be more beneficial to you a lot more beneficial to you than the other but yeah I guess everyone these days we fall into we fall into certain traps and bad habits um, yeah. potentially.
0: Yeah.
2: Looking over your fence into somebody else's garden, you know, when your garden's your own garden's a mess. Same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, we're just bombarded with it, aren't we? That's that's the problem. If you expose yeah. yourself to social media, you're constantly looking at what everybody else is doing better than than yourself. And I think one thing that I've really sort of valued from my career in in performance sports so far is that you're involved in, in a continually reflective process. As a coach, we're continually looking at how do we get the best from an athlete and then involved in sports systems. There's a, there's a big part of that, of what we do like as a culture as well, of always looking back on what do we do. And I think the self-awareness thing is something that, like, Car and I have got a little boy, he's, he's three years old, and Car um, and my wife and I have talked about it before, and I said two of the things that I really want to grow in him as he, as he develops as a person is self-awareness and emotional intelligence, because those are so powerful things that you can know your own body, you know, know your own self, you can understand how you feel. You, okay, I feel anxious, but why am I feeling anxious? And, and when you can start to put name to that feeling and and, and, and identify the source that is the most powerful thing i think you can do for yourself because then you've got to root out isn't it
2: yeah of course you know it's interesting because all the people that come to me their problems would have would have developed in in childhood or in, in teen years mainly right and it's like this it's like a child from the age of when it was when it was born to seven downloads information so it's like a video camera like an old video camera yeah and it videos everything because it just sees listens records because they don't know how to communicate with words they haven't really got their own mindset fully so they take on your information so they'll take on what so at the moment i think that what people have got to get is even if they if they are anxious and stuff like that is is to allow themselves just to go even fake it a little bit, especially with kids, because this is a uh, a time where why we locked in, and they're not going to understand what a virus means. I will tell you something. When I <laughs> I do go on, by the way, I apologize. <laughs> when I when I was a kid uh, years ago in the seventies, there was a TV show called Planet of the Apes, and it was an actual TV series, and it was uh, blah, blah blah of the story of Planet of the Apes, these two astronauts, and it stuck on Planet of the Apes. And I remember watching it. And then I watched the news straight afterwards and it said there's been guerrilla warfare in um, <laughs> wherever. Now you think of it as a kid. Guerrilla warfare, you think, it's actually real. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you've got to be careful, you know, what you speak. That, you know, children will echo it. And it's—and uh, I, I admire you for doing that. And I think if more people did that, they'd be a lot happier planet if, if kids understood, the, the, especially the importance of empathy, and emotional intelligence
0: yeah 100 percent. and we've we've had some conversations recently my wife and i as well and, and I've, we're in a fortunate position where we're both self-employed we have some choice and some flexibility but um we've been talking about what what school looks like and what social distancing at school looks like and telling kids they can't go within two meters of each other. and both of us have said that we're not sending jack back to school when whilst that's in effect because we don't have to he's only three years old he's not got to be in school um but it's just it's it's quite a scary time that that's where we are potentially we're going to put kids in that environment and they're going to be told that they can't have human contact and do what they would normally want to be able to do i think it's a it's such a novel and unforeseen problem isn't it that it's quite it it scares me that does for what that will do to them emotionally
2: Yeah, I mean, it it is. The the, the ramifications of of, of it won't be known for a while. Then again, it might not last long and it might just be over very
0: quickly. Yeah.
2: Or it could have ramifications of... And this is where parenting comes in. This is where information comes in to be able to uh, understand it and say, right, this is only temporary. But the mind of a child, I mean, look... You know, if you do, you know. I hope no children are listening, but we know that Santa Claus isn't real. But back when we did believe it, he was the greatest thing ever. And you know, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's a very delicate subject, and one that uh, could have ramifications later on, in um, you know, in in the future. And I think that you have got to prepare for that. I think the education system has to prepare for that because it could, it could be, it might not be. I mean, was anyone really affected by the Second World War when they were kids today? I don't know anybody from that era anymore. Of course, because it's a while ago. Were they, were they affected by it? Did it affect them in later, later life? It's yeah. a bit different, isn't it? It's, it's a very strange time, but one of, of where we have to be self-aware and responsible for what we actually say more and and right, you know, especially in front of children and, and and people that are vulnerable.
0: Yeah, I think it's just my last point on this, and that jacko jump in is yeah. that, um, it, like you said, that kids will bounce back. Um, it's too complex to know whether, like you say, example from the World War Two, whether that's actually did it have a, a, a lasting impact on people's psychology, and outlook on life, awareness of self, that sort of thing, stuff. We don't know. But I just kind of look at it from a human perspective and just go, I don't, I don't want to put you in that environment where you're going to be have to sit in a. Like isolated from other people because that's not how humans are designed to be. We're we people who are supposed to be in community and connected to one another. I just think it's um, that's almost my biggest concern about the virus. I think is is when you go out in the world at the moment, it's just not a, it's not a, it's not a nice place because it's everyone's very kind of cautious around each other. It feels alien to me at the moment, but um, that's probably a subject for another podcast. To be fair, yeah,
2: I mean it's uh, yeah, it's, of course it's going to be alien to you because it's a different time that you, no one's ever experienced it. But I, I think there may be a lot of good can come from it, you know, where people see the importance of human of human interaction mm. of actual family interaction and stuff, so we'll see um I think people like your good self like jacko and and the good people listening they know the difference, so they're the ones that can we we're the people that make a difference you know and you know if we could communicate that and 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 do the right thing, I think it would be okay
1: yeah no definitely um i think there was um one thing we're really interested to get your uh your input into from a from a mindset perspective is um our sort of our our ethos or our, our slogan if you like of redefine your impossible um we've that that came about from from tim literally at the beginning trying something i think it was probably the first time he said the word impossible was when you were trying to do a planche <laughs> as that was the first was that the first
0: impossible <clears throat> one At the beginning everything's was impossible well everything it? was but i just <laughs> like, i remember
1: i remember it very i remember this bit very specific it was just like absolutely no chance like it's impossible type of thing and, and that whole idea of um and actually the, the the thing of redefining impossible didn't come off the back of then when you could do a practice, we'd done some other things that also yeah. felt impossible. Um, we've been through and experienced that process ourselves. We've, you know, we, we've we've taught and worked with a number of people to to help them go through that process as well. So we we know what it we know what that process feels like, and we know the importance of the mindset towards it. Um, but really interested to know from a from from your expertise as a as a mind coach to go. Why is it that when some people, there's probably a number of different elements, but first of all, why is it that when some people either see something and think that looks impossible or they try something and it feels impossible, you've got like two types of people almost ones that will go, right, that's a challenge and they, they, they want to go and do it. So they'll take it on. And then there's other people that don't even, they almost quit before they've even started because it felt impossible. So why would I, why would I go and try and do something that is clearly impossible? Um, what, what's what's going on there? What's
2: distinguishing those people? Well, the, the, and the thing is, this is why the world's such a wonderful place. Um, it's because people are all very, very different. And the often ask me, what what would you say to a client if they said this? And I it depends on the client. So it's such an eclectic mix of human beings that, that some will look at it and go, I mean, I look at it and look at what you guys do. I'll tell you why I like you guys. is because you... Make things that are seen really, really hard. Not only could you great at it and it seems easy, but the way you put it over makes you think, I can actually do that. And you break it down into into bits that people can understand it, you know. So but some people will and some people won't. That is it's it's how people are. See, people get what people don't understand as well is, is mental toughness. So as me when I mean, you talk about mental toughness, you got you get this physical manifestation in your mind, you know, of of I don't know, you know, the that celebrity SAS thing which I really like, and or you know, David Goggins, or you know, doing whatever. But mental toughness is also reading, finishing a book, you know, or um, walking to wherever and not getting the bus, or or you know, it, there's so many different things that, that can, that, that's mental toughness, that, that can, see, like I said, it's the path of least resistance. Some people can give up because that's in the nature and that's what they want to do and, it's, and they, they'll find all reasons for it. Some people won't. But this is our job and your job is no different than mine, I don't believe. It's like your, the instruction, the encouragement. The, the paths you know the, the the paths that you've you've trodden because you've obviously couldn't do muscles when you first start you couldn't do it straight away so it's it's the path that you try, you've tried it and people can see that so it's unfortunate that people give up but that's the way people will be and that's some people will some people won't that's just the way uh, human nature is for some people
1: and so if you're if you're one of those people that um you, you were airing on the side of caution almost and being like "Oh it just it just feels a bit too impossible What would you and they and they were a bit timid to get started what sort of is there any like mindset like hacks almost that they can try and do to to put themselves in a bit more of a positive place towards embarking on that that journey if they're wanting to get started
2: I, when I have people that come and they've got physical challenges like say you know I don't exclusively work with fighters, but I have done. And then they go, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, don't do it then. Because the to me, you have to test their passion. And if yeah. they go, well, I want to do it, say, well, yeah, you've got it then. So you've got somebody to work with then. You say, oh, you will never do it. say, right, okay, you never do it then. Is that is that what you believe? Is that what you are? I'll never do it. And then, yeah, but then give up. They don't do anything then. They'll, they'll, then they'll turn around. Some people will give up. It's, it's just very sad. Some people will carry on smoking and give their reasons to why it, why they, my granddad, my, my granddad lived to 99 and people have a reason, but it, it's about sometimes you have to test it, I'm quite, I can be quite um, staunch me um, with my things, the way I do things, I say well don't do it then, and then you test the spirit, because they'll go, well yeah, well I want to do it, good, so then you've got something to work on,
1: you know? yeah, yeah,
2: so like like I said though, some, you know, people, is it, it's a strange, thing. there's nothing stranger than folk as they say. But I love them. I love doing the job. And um, but most of the time, if they are coming to you anyway, they have got it within them to do it. Yeah,
0: they I do want so. to
2: do it. So the evidence is they join you, they contact you guys, they come to Mike's gym, my friend goes there, and was, it's, you know, it's a fantastic place. <laughs> and you know, and and then so they have got it. It's just encouragement, it's just saying, Look, I know. sometimes it's telling people I know exactly how you feel because I was exactly in your place. I'm no different than you. And I think that can spur people on. But everyone's got different motivators. But I always test people. If someone I'll, I'll says, well, don't do it then. And they go, oh, well, I love it. I'm like, okay, you've got something to do with. It.
1: Mm. So it's almost bringing it back to the, the case of going, well, even if you're... The fact that you're even embarking... Even the, even when you're just dipping your toe in and testing the water to then say, oh, no, uh, it's impossible. You're actually proving to yourself that, well, the fact that you even wanted to consider it means that you you are actually starting on that process and probably almost takes us back full circle to go in um, uh, understanding that like you were talking a lot about understanding a bit self-awareness, understanding yourself yeah. and, and the things that motivate you and things that get you, get you going and keep you uh, motivated and engaged that they, that they need, to, they need to, that's, that's almost like the, the starting point. If it, if you like. yeah. yeah. It,
2: impossible, impo- if it was impossible, it will not exist, yeah. would it? Yes. So it can be impossible if your physical evidence is you're doing it, and they might say it's all right for you it's never all right for anyone yeah. you know, some people might be naturally physically stronger, but you you know you weren't as physically strong as you are now by not <laughs> yeah. so you know it's it's just it's it's perseverance some people it's like like I said some people some people won't, but I think if they're contacting you that they are nearly you know i would say seventy five percent there. Because the, the the hardest bit
0: is going, right, I'm all yours, so to speak. And, yeah. and have you got any sort of suggestions for people that when they get to those plateaus, um, you might have had it in your own training venue where you're trying to get that muscle up or that handstand or something and they just feel like throwing the towel in because they're, they're not seeing the progress. Is that is that also come back down to asking yourself a very simple question of, like, how much do you want it? Yeah. Just, just testing yourself and
2: saying, look... T- t- Treat it as if you've got no choice. Mm. So if you're out there and you want to do the plunge, right? You've got no choice. So your life won't be uh, as complete as you want it to be unless you do the plunge, and and push yourself. Listen to what you guys are saying, and that's what you've got to do. Make it. Give yourself no choice. Give yourself right. I, I want. I can't. I need a hip replacement. And um. And I I've done Thai. I did Thai boxing for thirty five years. trained world champions. Been all over the world. Commentating, etc. And I, my, my operation was going to be on the 23rd of April. And I, I won't lie to you that there's parts of me that, that that's basically the hip part, that is um, really frustrated with what's going on. But I also couldn't, I'm also brave enough to look past my problem and know that I'm not um, going to a funeral with five or six people there because I can't have my family around me if, if one of my elderly relatives died. So I, I look at the perspective sometimes. You know, you've got to look out your own little box and say, right, okay, is it that bad? No, right, okay, get on with it. Give yourself mm. no choice. Yeah. That, that's, that's my opinion. If you want to do something, you haven't got a choice. When, it, when, no one's, when people are not presented with choices, when they're presented with one choice and that's to survive or do the things that they have to do, they'll finally survive. Mm. And it's in your DNA, by the way. Everyone that's listening, is in your DNA because we're survivors from some type of war, some play some famine or some crossing of countries whatever it's in our dna
0: it's interesting because we did um some of the work i do with british swimming we did our insights profiles like personality profiling and i know there's a number of different ways that you there are different formats and, and tests you can do and one of the things that came out for me was my, one of my areas for development was um, that I, it says i lack deep empathy and listening to you speak is is, is resonating with me because i'm I've always said that I don't think I'd be a very good one-on-one personal trainer because I lack that deep empathy because people will just come in and be like, oh, yeah, and no, I had a really bad weekend. And I'd be like, why did you do that? And, and I struggle with that that kind of interaction. On a sports performance perspective, it's a bit different because we've got a, a joint goal and there's an accountability, well, a, a slightly different kind of context. But yeah. I, I do think the simple um, simple message there of, like, well, do you want to do it? And, then just make it happen. And that comes quite sort of, um, that c- comes quite close to me because that, that's generally how I kind of see things. I, I do sometimes find myself going, oh, I need to be a bit more sympathetic or empathetic with people. Um, but to hear you say, cut, back, c- cut it all away and just go, do you want to do it or not? Then get it done. Is, uh, is 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 refreshing, but sometimes the hardest thing for people to hear.
2: Yeah, it is. And I mean, there is tips and tricks and there is, there is um, you know, various mind tricks to how to do it and stuff like that, you know. It is one that's very powerful. It's like, when we're taught that we can't do something, it's generally taught learnt behaviour from the childhood, right? So, for instance, um, you go back and you'd have a rubbish day at football and then you wouldn't want to go and play again, okay? You get very upset. This is just an example, okay? What I suggest is, is use the imagination. So, imagination is very powerful and imagination is everything where everything's created that's not... um, tangible so what you can't hold in your hands so it's everything that's created is in the imagination so what i suggest is when you're feeling like that when you when you're having a little bit of a downtime just find five minutes to yourself close your eyes get your phone time five minutes and imagine that you can time travel back to yourself when you needed yourself the most so when you needed yourself the most when you was the most upset or the most you can remember because obviously people got that experiences of being upset various and varying degrees and go and have a word with yourself and show yourself, the child's version of you, what you actually achieve. So show, them, show the child your house, your car, your children, or whatever, your job, your whatever. And then speak to the child, say, but this is only temporary. Um, and do it so you've seen yourself. So it's like a, like a movie. See yourself and then have a word with the child and see what the child says. Because it's weird. Cause when you say, look, you do this and you do that and you do amazingly well, it's fantastic. Some of the child's answers will be from your unconscious will be, oh yeah, amazing, I can't wait. Or some, some, some child, and it, remember it's imaginary, say, I don't believe it. So you have to convince, cause you're only convincing yourself, that's all you're doing. You're not convincing anybody else. When I do a muscle up, which I will do, and, then you, and I go I'm, "I'm over the moon, you'll say, well, I knew I could do it. Well, that's obvious because you're experts. But it's like, if you, you go back in your mind and your mind says, uh, I can't do it, then you need to talk to yourself a little bit mm. more and convince yourself that that's not real anyway. And that goes back to keeping self, keeping something in your unconscious for um, for protection. Your unconscious mind, when you're anxious, is only looking after you. So when you're anxious, you're worried about something that's, that can affect you or can affect your situation or, or around you. So it's only doing its job. But it has to be educated by going... going reassuring yourself and then actually looking at a real picture because remember anxiety is mostly imaginary, imaginary anyway but going back and speak to yourself as a child telling yourself look you can do this and you, you look at that look what you achieve instead of looking backwards and saying everything will be all right show the show the version of you back then that everything becomes all right and you'll you'll find that there's a, there's a big shift there
1: yeah no definitely And as it, that it sort of highlights there that, that that starting point of redefining your impossible being there must be a, you must dig down and find that, that belief yes. that you do actually yes. believe it's going to happen. And then and appreciating that I always think of when you say like a protection mechanism of going, it takes, it takes quite, um takes quite a bit of bravery sometimes to go. Yep. Now I believe I'm going to be able to do this. And I'm going to bark on it because the bravery comes in the fact that like, when you do try and do something that's a bit a bit out there that feels impossible there is a there is a chance that it might not happen and therefore a chance that you're going to fail. And sometimes that failure is the thing that's crippling us from actually going out and doing it. So being brave and going, you know what, even if I, I'd rather have a go at this and fail rather than just not even try, um, yeah. because not even trying is definitely one way to not be able to do the things that, that you want to do, whether it's in training or whether it's outside of training, whether it's in life. So, yeah, no, mm-hmm. some very... Very good lessons in there, Vinny, for us to. It's
2: it's just 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 to, just to add to that. The, the past, when you when you're a, when you're a child, uh, you, you're probably less likely to give up than you are an adult because you have more excuses, you have more reasons as 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 a child. Everyone's got failures, you know. No one could tie the lace, no one could swim, no one could, um, you know run in a, put the shoes on right left and right feet everyone's used to so much We had so much failure in our lives yet we shrugged it off what so you know focusing on you know well all right if you're going to focus on failure we'll focus on when you could walk or failure or focus when you um wet the bed how about that then we forget <laughs> it nobody exists exists we do we've all wet the bed yeah not recently, but anyway. We'll change up here quickly. But it, like, like I said, I mean, we've all got failures, and you know, right, good. Who hasn't? It's just that's a part of um, that's a part of our evolution.
0: Amazing! Thanks so much, Vinny, for coming on and giving us some time and sharing um, your insights. There's some really interesting no stuff there that I think people can go away and, uh, and chew over. And um, as I say, I think your uh, your staunch approach to some of this was just—it's uh, nice to hear someone just cut through um, some of that stuff and just uh, just say how it is. So thank you for that.
2: No problem at all. You know, I would—you know—there is. I have got an empathetic nature, of course I have. But at the moment, the, the key words are just dig in. We have to dig in. We'll get mm. through it. And when we get through it, we can all and I'll join you in Mike's Mike's lovely gym and um, swing around on plastic Bands and whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should have been there just recently. So it's, uh, I think we're all missing a trip to Spain, which we had scheduled yeah. in. but uh, well, I, yeah. I get
2: my hip fixed. I'll be coming over to Spain amazing.
0: soon you guys, don't you worry. that be amazing.
1: So, Vinny, thank you for, for spending so much time with us on the podcast and sharing us a little bit of an insight into how we can better manage our, ourselves and our minds. If, uh, if people have any specific questions for you that they want to ask you, um, where can they find you on, on social media? What's your Instagram handle?
2: Yeah, and get me on Instagram on VinnyShawman, or they can contact me on VinnyShawman.com, uh, info at com, or they can get the Shawman solution, which is a series of videos and tips and tricks and some hypnosis downloads to uh,
1: help you along in life awesome we'll we'll uh, we'll make sure we put some of those uh, links in the show notes so people can click straight through to them but other than that we've got nothing other to say this week apart from until next time
2: class dismissed
1: so thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts, and we really do appreciate that.
0: We hope you got a lot of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good. Keep it five Five are the best. Five of your best stars, please. <laughs> And if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly, the best Calisthenics resource available
1: anywhere in the world. Definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed.